Recently, uh, I had a doctor's appointment <coughs> at uh, 12.45, and since I was a new patient, they told me to arrive 15 minutes early, so 12.30. Uh, but I was going to be there before that because I arrive early for everything, so I fit into Sun City really well. I'm the guy that leaves for the airport at least three hours before my flight, because just in case, you don't know what might happen. My family knows this about me. About 10 days or so ago, our, our oldest daughter had to return to her family in Cincinnati. Uh, she's been uh, with us through Amy's surgery, and she has three children and a husband to deal with, too. So the night before, she said, Dad, my flight's at 5 p.m. tomorrow. When do you want to leave for the airport? And I said, tonight. <laughs> uh, so that's, that's how I roll. Well, so anyway, I had a doctor's appointment, and I plugged the address into my uh, GPS, and, you know, 16 minutes away, it said. So I followed the GPS. I ended up in a residential neighborhood uh, in front of a small, rather shabby house. Uh, well, this isn't right. And I'd gotten the address wrong somehow, and I, I panicked. Because being late is one of my worst fears. So I found the right address and plugged that in, and it was another 12 minutes away. So I, I arrived and found a parking space, and I walked in, and the reception informed me that I was in the wrong building. So I decided it would take longer for me to go get my car, get in it, and drive over there find another spot, so I just ran to the right building. I took the slowest elevator in history, <laughs> and I arrived at the office door precisely at 12.30, mission accomplished. <laughs> Except there was a sign that said the office was closed for lunch until 1 p.m. <laughs> so they'd scheduled my appointment for a time when they weren't even open. And I stood in the hallway for 30 minutes, but I was not the least bit bothered because at least I was not late. Now, whether you're normal like me, or you're someone who lives on snooze alarm time, today I want to remind you that God's timing is always right. And Christmas proves that. Christ arrived at the right time. Now, of course, that wasn't December 25th. That date was chosen centuries after Jesus' birth. The early church didn't consider the, the birth of Jesus' date uh, as an important thing. Only his death and resurrection uh, mattered, and of course that's true. Without Jesus' sacrificial death and glorious resurrection, there is no salvation. And when we talk about Christ's birth, the Bible does not specify a day. Scholars like Colin, Nicole, and Michael Heiser point to clues that put the birth date in September or October, but whatever the precise date, we know the time was exactly right. At just the right time, God brought salvation into the world. At just the right time, God is at work in your life, redeeming, restoring, rescuing, refining, reassuring, refreshing, renewing, and rejoicing over you with love. Now, how do we know that? Well, let's examine Galatians 4.4, one of the great Christmas verses. But when the time had fully come... God sent his son. Now the Greek word translated fully is pleroma. I want you to picture a jar being filled with water right up to the brim. 
Pleroma is not just the last few drops in the jar that put it at the top. It includes all the water poured into the jar. Or picture an hourglass. That's the old school way of keeping time. Uh, an hourglass reminds me of this. This is my dad, my mom, me, and my little brother. My, my father had this, he used to put on these colonial Thanksgiving services. And we all, meaning my family and a few other people, would dress up in colonial gear on Thanksgiving and have a colonial service to God. And uh, well, part of that was the, the tithing man. Uh, that was the colonial thing where, uh, in, in this case, we dressed up a sheriff, he's a big dude, uh, as a tithing man, and one of the things he did was he had a, a big stick that had a knob on one end and a feather on the other, and the knob was to bound those who were uh, causing trouble, and the feather was to keep others awake who were sleeping. And his other task as the tithing man was to, there was this great big hourglass, and he would turn that over to start the service. And you'd watch the sand slowly, almost imperceptibly, trickle from one end to the other, keeping time for that service. And you can imagine, this was in our city's newspaper. Can you imagine the abuse that my brother and I took in school the next day? It's horrible. But when all the sand is poured from top to bottom, the hour is over. Jesus arrived at the precise time previously fixed by the Father. God's Son entered our world exactly when the Father determined. So what made 2,000 years ago the right time? Well, I want to give you five reasons really quickly about why this was the right time. And two or three of these reasons are related to something that most men think about all the time and most women think about not at all. No, it's not that. It's the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire. In September, there was a social media trend where women asked their husbands or fathers or brothers how often they thought about the Roman Empire. And as reported by Forbes and Time Magazine and CBS News and many outlets, women were shocked to hear the answers from the men when they asked them. Because the answers were, well, all the time, I think about the Roman Empire, or at least once a week, or three times a day, I think about the Roman Empire. Women were in disbelief. Why? What is there to think about, they said. Well, aqueducts and gladiators and engineering and the political system and the Roman legion and art and language and education and architecture. One man said, why wouldn't I think about the Roman Empire? It created running water and concrete. Another man said he thinks about the Roman Empire every time he uses the bathroom because the Romans invented the modern-day sewage system. One woman admitted, I've never thought about the Roman Empire one day in my life. Well, I'm going to give you all a chance to think about the Roman Empire for a moment. Because five reasons why 2,000 years ago was the right time. Uh, these might be reasons that you haven't thought about before. Number one was government. Rome had conquered and subdued the known world. The empire was enormous, and the little town of Bethlehem was under Roman rule. Why was that good? Well, Rome kept the peace by stationing their legions everywhere. Roads covered the empire, facilitating safe travel. The military enforced Pax Romana, uh, the, the, the Roman peace, a peaceful stability that lasted for 200 years. So even though Jesus was born in the little land of Israel, his message could spread around the world across Roman roads because Israel was part of that empire. Second, language. 
the empire conquered many different people groups and brought them together into what was called the household of Rome. And even though there were many languages and customs forced together, Rome made one language universal, and that was Greek. And this one language brought cohesion and unity to that society. And so the New Testament was written not in Hebrew, not in Aramaic, which Jesus would speak both of those, but in Koine Greek, the common language of the marketplace, understood by Jews and Gentiles. Third was religion. The cities of Rome were filled with temples to different gods. The Caesars were worshipped as gods. The mythical gods of Greece and Rome, uh, some historians say, made people long for something that was real and satisfying. And in the midst of, of these countless gods and their claims of truth, Jesus came declaring that he was the way and the truth and the life, the only way to the Father, the source of truth and real life. And many were ready to listen. Fourth was morality. Despite Rome's power, it was losing its sense of right and wrong. All kinds of sexual practices were, were accepted. Brutal violence was common and even became a form of entertainment. Everything became more and more excessive and corrupt. And people were looking for something better. As, as Dr. James Boyce says, the world was sunk in a moral abyss so low that even the pagans cried out against it. Unquote. And the gospel brought relief from the stain of sin. And it offered not only a high moral standard, but it offered the power to keep those standards. And this was not more rules and regulations. This was freedom in Jesus Christ. And then uh, the fifth is a favorite of mine, and that is population. Human beings have existed for thousands of years on this planet before Christ's birth. But including all of those who lived before Jesus, right up until this day, the total number of people who have ever lived on this planet is estimated to be 117 billion. Okay, 117 billion. You know what that means? That means that 99% of all people ever born were born after Jesus came to this earth. 99%. Uh, one social researcher from the University of Michigan says that the timing couldn't have been more perfect Christ showed up just before the exponential explosion in the world's population. So incredible that the, the gospel can go forward in this way. Now those might have been some factors in God choosing that time, but it's the how and why that are supremely important. So see what follows. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son. God sent his son. Exapostolene is the Greek word sent. The son already stood by the father's side. He was already in place. He was already there or he could not be sent. Jesus is God from eternity. He's one with the father. He's also distinct from the father, a separate person or he could not be sent. Father, son, and spirit, three persons in one God. Uh, never forget that God the son existed before Bethlehem. Colossians 1 tells us that all things were created by and for Christ. John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh and lived among us. So the Father's plan from before creation was that at the right time He would send His Son to save His people from their sin. And Jesus obediently became human made himself nothing, Philippians 2 says, humbled himself even to the point of death on the cross. And everything that Jesus did was commissioned by the Father. 
uh, and given by the authority of the Father. So what I want you to be encouraged by in this moment is that behind every promise is the oath of God. Every promise is yes in Christ, and the oath of God stands behind it. So when your hope is in Jesus, it's not in a secondary Savior. It's not in some unauthorized Redeemer. It is in the one in whom the Father said, This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. And next, it says that when the time had fully come, God sent His Son born of a woman. The Gospels tell us that Mary was still a virgin when Jesus was born. That's an important truth. I've heard... uh, preachers so-called talk about that this is not reality, that the virgin birth did not happen, that that's not what the gospel say. No, it's absolutely what they say. It's absolutely what the Isaiah the prophesied. Uh, the emphasis here is that the eternal Son of God would, would now experience human life from the beginning. The Redeemer has an earthly mother, but not an earthly father. Why would God do it this way? Well, Jesus had to be human in order to fight and win the battle that humans lost with sin. But only a sinless man could undo the sin of man, and only God is sinless. And so at his birth, Jesus now had two natures, divine and human. As both son of man and son of God, his sacrifice paid for sin, born of a woman. And then born under law. Jesus' birth immediately placed him under the law. A few years back, uh, police in Minnesota stopped a car because it was registered to somebody who was wanted on a warrant. Well, it turned out the driver was not the registered owner, but he also wasn't wearing a seatbelt, and it turned out he also had warrants for his arrest. And and as the officers moved to arrest him, the driver actually handed them a get-out-of-jail-free card from Monopoly. (laughs) And the sheriff's office said, this guy deserves an A for effort, but he's going to jail anyway. When God the Father sent Jesus, he sent the only valid get-out-of-jail-free card that there is. We're all guilty of violating the law of God, guilty of violating his standard of perfection. And God's people were imprisoned by that law, captive to it for centuries. And generation after generation failed God's holy standard. Every sacrifice they made was proof of that slavery to sin. The Son, though, was born under law. He carried out the burden of the law with all its restrictions and requirements. He lived under the letter of the law, and he did not fail. He was perfect. And his spotless record showed him to be the only one qualified to satisfy the law's demands. And he did that next to redeem those under law. He was sent to set us free from our imprisonment. Well, what was it that confined us? Well, the verse before, verse 3, says that before Christ, every person was enslaved by the elementary principles of this world. What are those? Elementary principles of this world are whatever it is that you try to do to earn God's favor. Whatever it is that you try to do to deserve blessing. Whatever it is that you try to make life work. And so if you were Jewish, that meant keeping the dietary restrictions and the regulations and continually offering sacrifices to please God. To non-Jews... It was things like following your conscience and doing what you thought was best and right and trying to earn your own salvation through morality or through ritual or through generosity or through hard work. Recently, Dr. Anthony Fauci did an interview and he said he did not really need to practice his Catholic faith anymore because, and I quote, I think my own personal ethics on life are enough to keep me going on the right path, unquote. Well, that's what many, if not most, Americans believe. That I'm good enough, I'm moral enough for God to accept me. Friends, that's a death sentence. 
It's just another form of slavery. Your ethics and moral goodness will never be enough. Jesus came to set us free from that slavery, to redeem us from the law. And he did it that we might receive the full rights. This is the word for adoption. When Christ sets us free, he also moves us into the great household of God as co-heirs with Jesus. We pass from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We are washed clean. We're immersed into Christ. We're robed in his righteousness. And through that adoption, we are one with everyone else who believes. We're part of the family of God. Christ does not make us all the same. We still have our ethnicity, our nationality, our gender, our life circumstances. But in Christ, we are one, fully accepted sons and daughters of God's family. That's the gospel. That's the good news that we must constantly repeat to ourselves. Well, the uh, first time as a pastor that I was ever away from the church I served at Christmas was when our oldest daughter was expecting her first child. And so uh, this is our, these are our two daughters, and that is that time. You can pick out which one is the one expecting. <laughs> That's Jathniel, and our other daughter is Carissa. And so I, you know, I took two weeks off. Uh, Amy and I, went, we stayed with them in Cincinnati, waiting. Now, I, you know, her due date was well into those early part of the two weeks, and so I thought, I had plenty of time. We waited. We celebrated, we played games, we went shopping, we ate a lot of food. Christmas came, we went to Christmas Eve services. Christmas went by. The week between Christmas and New Year's went by. I'm running out of time. New Year's Day. So I said, well, I'm going to take another day off. I don't care. They can fire me. But i got to be here for the birth of my grandchild. On January 2nd, hours before I was to leave and travel back to the job that I hoped I still had, John Oliver was born. They named him after me. This is 13 years ago, so I look a little younger. <laughs> His birthday's next week, I think. Right? Waiting. What a time of waiting. I want you to think about that for a moment and tell you we live in the waiting room. That's where we live. You are waiting right now. You're, you're waiting for an answer to prayer. Or you're waiting for test results. Or you're waiting to see if they will call you. Or you're waiting to retire. Or you're waiting for the relationship to be reconciled. Or you're waiting to open presents. Or you're waiting to meet the right one. Or you're waiting to buy a house. Or you're waiting for a grandchild. Or you're waiting for things to get better. Or you're waiting for the pain to stop. Or you're waiting for the loneliness to end. Or you're waiting for the grief to subside. You're waiting. Are you impatient? Are you frustrated with God's timing? Well, Christmas declares that God always acts at the right time. Always. So I want you to listen to some of the many scriptures that speak of this truth. And let this encourage your heart and strengthen your endurance as you patiently wait for the Lord to do all that he has promised to do. 
Isaiah 49.8. This is what the Lord says, at just the right time I will answer you. 1 Peter 5.6. Humble yourself under God's mighty hand and he will honor you at the right time. Romans 5.6. At just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Ephesians 1.10. This is God's plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ. Galatians 6, 9. Don't get discouraged and give up, for we will reap a harvest of blessing at the right time. And 1 Timothy 6, 15. At the right time, Christ will be revealed from heaven, King of kings and Lord of lords. Friends, I don't know God's timing. I only have his promise that it is always right. May you know that truth in this day. Receive this blessing. And now may you be filled with hope in the God who is the same yesterday, today, and forever. May you be filled with confidence that every promise God has made is yes in Christ Jesus. May you be filled with joy because you have been redeemed. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit now and forever. Amen.